Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Brewing Time with Armored Soul and... And Quaison Banna. All right, Quaison. So tell me, what is the brew for today? All right. So we're going to be talking about the importance of ethically raised food. Yeah, no, I'm t- like, that's actually a very big topic right there. So what is it that you discovered upon? So when I think about ethically sourced food, I primarily think about, you know, animals or animal rights, things of that nature. I gotcha. So let me ask you too. So with eggs, if you notice when you buy your eggs from the store, we either see a couple different options. We see cage free. We see what is it? Pasture raised. Pasture raised, grass fed, kind of, or just they talk about like the diet of those chickens. So what those chickens ate. You know, the insects are like these chickens were, you know, uh, eating insects or they were eating grain or, or grass. And sometimes I don't know if you've seen like. Sometimes I've seen uh, at like, sometimes I've seen it like at the store, they'll be like these chickens, like they have a name sometimes associated with it. Have you seen that? No, I haven't actually seen that. Yeah, they just kind of kind of like humanize it a little bit in a sense. Like these eggs uh, were from this chicken, and they actually have a chicken. Oh, Uh, they actually they gave the game. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, they gave like the hen a name, um, which just means that well, hey, we're treating our uh, chickens properly. Like we're even like it's local. You know what's crazy too? So I I never knew about this. So you know, cage free doesn't actually mean cage free, right? Cage free. So do they? Is it like caged in a in like outside or something like that versus inside? So so we know what slaughterhouses can do, right? So when it goes comes to cows, pigs, even chickens. Uh, so you know, chickens are very territorial, right? Oh yeah, yeah. They have to. Uh, just another one of those cool things. Like I know from. A lot of the times they even have to burn the beaks yes, uh, and, and sometimes trim like the nails in a sense because, yeah, they don't want uh, other chickens to peck the other chicken's eyes out, for example. So when your school bully says, you're, you, dude, you're just a chicken, like take that as a compliment because chickens are fighters. <laughs> chickens are, are fighters. Right. They are for sure. So with Cage Free, what ha- what they do is that, so they'll still place them in a small like what? three by three foot box and they'll just have a small little window where they could barely put their head out and just look out to the pasture and that's it so that's what it means like oh hey so we're getting away with the term cage free but is it really any better it isn't you know it's it's one of those things that you have to be diligent on what company is really saying what's cage free and what's not you know one of the big suppliers uh they're you know obviously Big suppliers, chicken suppliers, Tyson is one of them, you know, Foster Farms, uh, Walmart, right? The, where any supplier of give, that gives like eggs to these, you know, big uh, uh, stores, you know, it, it's really important to figure out what they mean, what their version of cage free is. Yeah, that's why it's important to go with pasture raise because they actually have to give these chickens, they have to feed them out on an acre by a certain, uh, what's it called, certain feet apart from one another. So that way they could all have their own space and be non-aggressive towards one another. For sure, yeah. And I know like we we talked about this uh, uh, a little bit earlier about like kind of the egg yolk, right? About what the nutrition involved with um, those chickens that that are pasture raised, that are able to just go out, be happy, eat grass, you know, whatever grains or whatever they throw and the insects that are outside. They do not just like force forcibly you know in a cage in a in a in a in a pen basically a hen house and eating well grain just to make them really fat right and so those egg yolks they contain carotenoids which probably if you've seen any kind of like uh you know 
foreign cooking channel, like let's say Japan, their egg yolks are like dark orange, right? I mean, they're like, I mean, if I say egg yolk, you're probably going to say yellow. It's probably yellow, right? Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah, but it's like in, in many of these countries that, you know, they, they don't have um, massively produced chickens and eggs after eggs or whatever that are just, you know, immediately taken from these these hen houses, those eggs are orange and they have a lot of carotenoids in it, which is kind of an antioxidant, uh, which really darken the egg yolk. And well, how about this? Like you've, you've tasted those kind of eggs before, right? Oh yeah. I mean, they're absolutely way more delicious to me anyway. I was about to ask that. Yeah. It's like, so you prefer, you prefer that, right? Taste is, taste is key sometimes. Well, yeah. Cause again, think about the physiological response that these animals are intaking. So uh, the chickens, this is what we're talking about right now. So, I mean, you're, again, you're crowded, you're constantly pecking at one another. And again, what's happening? What type of chemical are they releasing amongst themselves? What kind of chemical? I know they're, they're being stressed out and that's, oh, lactic acid probably, right? Sure, it could be lactic acid, but cortisol. So, remember, uh, what was that term? Akijime, right? Yes, a thing like uh, sp- spiking of fish, right? Yeah, you know, it's actually, so it's weird. It looks barbaric, but it actually preserves the meat even longer. Because think about that. So when you get a fish out from the river or the ocean or, or anywhere, really, right? And you don't take it out humanely, it's going to, again, it's going to release a lot of cortisol. You're going to have less blood flowing to those muscles. And it's just going to make the meat taste bad. Versus, again, if you do it ethically, put them out of their misery as soon as possible, then that meat's going to be a lot more richer. Absolutely. And I think that's a lot of thing. A lot of the time we can think about that. If cost wasn't a factor, I mean, the natural incentive would be taste. And mm-hmm. why wouldn't you, if, if you could, if you tasted this egg or you, you know, this, you ate this chicken or you ate this, you know, this, the beef on your table um, and it tastes better, <laughs> you're, you're obviously going to want that, right? So why wouldn't you opt for, you know, a cow that's, you know, grass fed, a chicken that's not, you know, uh, in a CAFO, for example, or um, a CAFO just is like a concentrated animal feeding um, operation, which just means that, hey, they're they're really caged up and, and not allowed to roam. But yeah, that that those stress factors really taint the meat or the eggs, for example, in that sense. Yeah, and again, think about what we're also feeding to our livestock. Like with chickens, I mean, what? They're usually fed a corn-fed diet, right? Like within these big industries? Yeah, corn or grain or something like that. It's just whatever's cheap, right? Whatever's cheap, but I mean, a chicken doesn't eat that though. That is true, yeah. I think, are chickens almost carnivorous? They are carnivorous, so they eat insects. I've I've actually seen one eat a mouse before. Exactly. And it's like, whoa, like, aren't they supposed to be just like vegetarians? (laughs) No, I mean, that's a misconception. So, I mean, think about all those nutritions that uh, we're missing out. So, again, possibly uh, vitamin B12, which plays a crucial role in foetal development and normal cognitive function. Um, And these animal source proteins have a well-balanced and digestible amino acid profile. Uh, So, we're also getting minerals, iron, calcium, zinc. And that's going to be a lot more wholesome, I guess you could say, than what you would get from plant source foods. Because, I mean, with plant source foods, it's, it's, uh, can anyone really live off of a full vegetarian diet? You know what I mean? I think that's kind of the, the age old question now in, in the modern day, right? 
I mean, of course, with the advent of, um, I wouldn't say advent, but the increasing desire to be vegetarian or vegan. And to be quite honest, I feel a lot of individuals, you know, maybe I won't go in completely about what a person would do to choose that lifestyle, but I can definitely say that many of those people that subscribe to that way of life, they are not happy with the way animals are treated, right? Yeah. Um, apart from that, you know, there are obviously there's nutrition involved in, in meat and, um, and, and animals in that sense. Now, whether or not you can get the same amount of protein or same amount of minerals or vitamins, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, from, uh, you know, a plant-based diet. Well, to be quite honest, I'm not, I'm not that knowledgeable in that. Uh, but at least with my lifestyle, it's something that I, I don't, I don't subscribe to. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Like for me, I I love meat, but I want the animals to be treated humanely and ethically sourced. Again, don't don't cut the cost to what you feed them and don't try to cut out the spaces cuz again, like it's just that's just cruel. Yeah, it absolutely is. And I think that's kind of like the big topic I want to kind of address on morality, it seems with ethically sourced food, that seems to be the biggest factor for me at least. And I think a lot of people don't or rather, they're not aware of what the animal food industry is really doing to these animals. A lot of times, you know, like you probably heard like, well, like some people say, I don't want to eat anything with a, with the face on it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like they won't, they won't touch a fish with, with the head on, it, right? Yeah. And a lot of times I think people are, are like desensitized to what animals are. And they are what? Living creatures, right? I'm just going to quickly go on a segue here. So I actually went to a farm uh, with my family. So uh, like I had a loved one, you know, he, he, um, he, he, he slaughtered his own, his own animal. And it just made me think a little bit about that. Obviously, yes, it's, it's a, it's pretty traumatic experience, but it's a lot different than what a slaughterhouse is. And I have been to slaughterhouses before. Okay. I've been to slaughterhouses, maybe not the more mechanical ones, but I've been to ones that that aren't aren't as open, right? They're like, uh, you know, I won't describe the thing because honestly, this is it gets a little bit kind of, you know. But I see some stuff that's like, yeah, it's just cruel, right? It's like how people treat animals, and when you do it yourself, you are able to kind of, I feel, put an animal out of its, you know, you're, you're taking a life. Okay, let's let's not let's not beat around the bush. You're taking a life, but you're doing so in my in my understanding as a, in a very humane way, right? Mm-hmm. Versus like what people do in a slaughterhouse is so automated. All the animals are all pinned up. They're scared. They're everything like that. It's just it's another feeling. But anyway, I, that's kind of a long story on a short note. But yeah, the animal food industry is is just wrought with you know cruelty, and I think a lot of people are they don't know that, right? And I let me ask you this, like. You know, I, I remember like you, you told me like a while ago, like uh, the first time I think you were kind of seeing the cruelty of animals. It's like you were there. Somebody showed you like a like a video outside of like like a yeah, school or something like, like that. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. And she was like, yeah, hey, you know, like, do you would you eat this if you knew this was happening? You know, and it's like, well, no, I wouldn't. So our lifestyles today have kind of become desensitized because people just see a slab of meat and they cook it and that's it. Right. And if they really saw from when it was living to the time it gets put on a plate, they would have that understanding that life is a lot more valuable than what the quick, you know, I can just buy a steak from a store and then put it and put it on the barbecue, you know? Well, that's also too, like, why I want to get into more hunting. I actually want to appreciate where my food comes from. 
I know some of the uh, some of the videos I watched where it talks about hunting. Uh, some hunter was talking about, oh, hey, so this is how you skin a duck. Oh, but this duck has, um, I think he called it Rice Krispies. But basically, there was worms underneath the uh, the pelt. You know what I'm talking about? Right. So, like, lots of animals have, like, parasites, right? Those are parasites, right? It's like, oh, you know, this is kind of like, you know, maybe you're not going to think about fish the other way. Every single fish, fresh caught fish, you know, like, if you catch your own fish, every single one of them has worms in it. Parasites. Like, you cannot escape that. It's just one of those things that, like, oh, well, you know, we kind of... We lose the appreciation of what this thing came to be, you know, whether or not it had parasites, whether or not it was living, because it just gets packaged up, put in a bag, sent into our frozen section, and we just pick it up the nice next day and eat it. Yeah, like hunting, I also, I, I haven't actually hunted before, but it's one of those things I want to kind of uh, explore and explore humanely. Yeah, and like also to think about that, as a hunter, they talk about stories too, where it's like, listen, when you hunt your prey, you're going to take it down with one shot. You want to make it as quick and as fast as possible. Because, yeah, you don't want them to suffer. No, yeah. Why Why would you want that, right? I mean, I didn't know, just going back, you know, it doesn't do well for the meat, for the flavor, the taste. And it doesn't do well, you know, put it kind of a little bit sappy here. It doesn't do well for your heart and your mind, right? I mean, at least that, <laughs> and this is kind of going back on the morality issue. It's like, let me ask you, like, how do you convince how do you convince somebody of, of a moral issue when moral issue, morality is really just, it's, it's a personal thing. It's a personal note, right? So it's like, how can I tell you like, hey, this is wrong. How do I, how do I tell somebody that an animal that's in more pain, how is that wrong? See, I mean, unless if you, I don't know, that's kind of a tough thing. It's either you have to physically bring them to see what they're doing. But even then that person will be like, well, it's not happening to me. So why do I care? Yes, it's it's not happening to me. Like, why do I care? Um, and hey, it's it's just there to feed me. Like at the end of the day, it's gonna be on my plate. This issue just kind of it kind of bugs me. You know, it's a little bit of a can of worms for me. How do I convince somebody of morality? And when there's, you know, well, it's not so cut and dry. And I know, like we talked about nutrition. That's maybe, and I guess maybe that'd be kind of an, uh, a way that we could, you know, convince people that hey. These animals, they don't need to be in this pain. And, well, they can also be more nutritious for you. This could benefit you. Yeah. No, for sure. And I know you also were talking about with meats, right? Again, like, it's not good for the meat. It's going to spoil. So do you actually know what's actually added to meats to help preserve the coloring and the flavor? Hmm. Uh, what are those? So we got nitrates and nitrites. Uh, so basically, the only difference between nitrates carry more oxygen than nitrites. Nitrites themselves are more stable. Um, so, for example, like when you go to the butcher shop and you get that dark red or that pinkish color you see on your meats, that's because of those chemicals. Oh, okay. So they they like they put those just for like look, right? Just for the aesthetic. Well, it's not. Well, yeah, it could like it just so happens to be an aesthetic, but again, it's also to help preserve the meat in of itself. Okay. Okay preservatives yeah i think like i think i've seen that in like cured meats like salamis and like you know like corned beef that kind of stuff yeah no i mean again it's in like meat bacon it's, it's anything you can think of and i was really trying to understand where they were coming from because i mean it's naturally occurring it comes from what olive uh, not olive oil it comes from vegetable oil 
It's also found in leafy and root vegetables such as lettuce, beets, celery, carrots. Um, however, though, but they've also shown that it, it has a correlation with cancers as well. So again, these types of preservatives that they're adding in meats, are they adding an even higher dosage than what we're actually seeing? Ooh, I have no idea. It's like they don't tell you like you never see on a package like we added this much amount of sodium nitrate, right? It's just it's just an ingredient in the list. Yeah, exactly. So again, what's the percentage? Like, are they adding eight eight grams, eight milligrams? What's the difference? Because that that again, like oh, also to salt. Salt also has that effect as well. It has. Uh, and what effect does it have? So it has the effect of again uh, forming those um, nitrite nitrate compounds. Okay, like preservative. Salt is a preservative, right? Yeah. Salt is preservative, but again, like salt is, it's not a bad preservative. Right. So right? It's natural, right? It's natural. When also too, I mean, of course, anything in too high in moderation is bad for you. Sure. Yeah. I think the, the classic example is like water, right? You know, people say like, oh, you know, am I going to just drink all this water? Can I drown? Yeah, but that's not the thing. You, If you drink too much water, something that is so normal that everybody needs in their life, right? Everybody needs to be hydrated. But yeah, you can die by drinking the most natural of natural of natural things, water. Because yeah, you, everything in moderation, really. Oh, yeah. And like as as you were talking about, so nitrites slash nitrates, they do produce that pinkish red color through the uh, myoglobin that's in the muscles. So yeah, I mean, we got naturally producing and uh, that we also, of course, has synthetically made and injecting that into our meats. So again, I mean, it's it's kind of more of just again we got to pick our battles. But if you, if anything, again, you got to go with whole foods, natural foods, so that we get more of your nutrition. I wanted to ask you a little bit, like, um, so just kind of going back on you know kind of the moral issue, right? How do we convince people of you know to you know to basically how do we convince people to subscribe to our basically this this podcast right here is that hey you should buy ethically raised foods or or meats and you know animals right um do you ever think like okay so obviously you you got you got a pet right Mm -hmm. yeah so you love your pet you know you probably developed a bond with him or her do you think it's kind of like a double standard that hey you're able to keep a pet and you're able to Mm. love a pet but if i said hey you know, are you are you gonna are you gonna eat him? <laughs> yeah, you know, in the sense, it's like no. You're like, are you like, oh, what? That's are you crazy? That's. But why would you do that to, let's say, a cow? Why was that different? Uh, see, here's that I, metaphysical, heard... <laughs> philosophical question here, right? I've heard some stories where some farmhands they tell their kids, "Don't get close to the animals. Don't give them a name, right, because we right. eventually have to put them down, and then we have to sell them." So again, it's like. With a dog, a dog can perform work, right? A cow can perform work too, but probably not to the same effect as a dog, right? So is it kind of like a personality, you know, personality kind of issue? Maybe, but again, all animals, I think, have their own personalities. Like you see some cows like just being happy with their owners too, you know? Cows are apparently really smart. Like you can, I've seen people that have had pet cows, pet dairy Mm -hmm. cows, and these things are like big dogs. I mean, like you got a thousand pound dog. I mean, come on, like I don't yeah. know. I guess there's. I guess what I'm trying to go is that there's a disconnect with with people in general with when it comes to a morality issue, right? There's an example that I like to call the blind brother example, and okay. it basically states that okay, so animals, why do I have to afford them certain rights? Why do I have to make them their life comfortable? 
you know, if they're just going to be on my table at the end of the day, right? And I kind of like to talk about the blind brother example. So, like, if you had a brother or sister, right, and they were blind, right, and somebody comes along the way and they just, you know, they just get hit with a, you know, a car. Like, they just get run over or something like that. And, you know, mm-hmm. heaven forbid, they die, right? By the time, you know, you're in court, this guy is in court or whatever, the guy that, you know, ran over your, your blind brother, and he says, oh, Judge Armored Soul's brother, he was blind. So he didn't really have any eyesight and he had less, I should say, less human functions than a normal person. So you should give me only a year in jail instead of 10 years. Mm-hmm. You're going to be like, no way. You know, he was blind. He was more vulnerable. If you see what I'm going with this now, he was more vulnerable. I should afford him more rights. So similarly, if you think about it, animals in general, they have less of those, you know, let's say human uh, qualities more, you know, their IQ is lower. Maybe they don't have uh, personalities or, or things like that. But at the end of the day, we give them less rights when maybe they should be afforded more rights. No, I know what you mean. And that's kind of like, it's also like for us not having respect for nature in a sense, right? So I remember I saw this clip of this orangutan. So there was this crane just tearing down all of uh, this natural habitat. And this orangutan just starts swinging out of the forest and starts hitting the crane, right? It starts hitting the crane. It's like, hey, leave it alone. Like you're you're destroying where we all live. But like, and like you don't see an animal really do that. But like that animal is conscious enough to know it's like, hey, this is bad. Like. It's it's messed up. It's messed up, right? But, I mean, where do we draw the line? Right, where do we draw the line? I think every every day, like, we're we're doing more research in, in, in the lives of what animals, how they actually feel pain, if they have a, you know, personality, can they communicate as well as us? And it's like octopus, right? Octopus, apparently one of the most intelligent creatures, you know, but of course, in, in, in certain countries, you know, they, they eat them or whatever. So it's like, hey... If this if this animal has the IQ of like a fifteen year old, should we really be eating it? I don't know, but <laughs> that's a lot to talk about. Um, but at the end of the day, I think I think we both can agree on that. Subscribing to a you know ethically raised mindset is good for basically good for our mind and heart, and good for our well the taste of the animal, right? Of course. 100% agreeable. All right, guys. Well, I think that's all the time we got for today. We appreciate you guys tuning in and, of course, supporting us in this. And, uh, yeah, we, we really appreciate that. Remember, guys, keep those mugs warm for next time. Till the, the next brew. brew.